You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com. Hey, this is Dan Savage, and you have successfully downloaded yet another installment of the Savage Love Podcast, which we should come up with a different name for. I'm sick of calling it the Savage Love Podcast. It's so obvious. We just call it Savage Love Live. This is Dan Savage. Welcome to Savage Love Live, the once a week audio out loud version of my uh, sex advice column, Savage Love. If you want to record a question for a future podcast, please call 206-201-2720. It's been a couple of weeks since we recorded a new one. We got a couple in the can a few weeks ago because the tech-savvy at-risk youth went on vacation. And uh, I'm feeling a little rusty. I'm feeling a little uh, out of it because I haven't recorded a podcast for a while. I also completely fucked up. Now, the last time I did this show and I was completely fucked up, I got a lot of like rap-on-the-knuckle calls from people telling me it was really wildly irresponsible of me to record a podcast or give people advice when I was fucked up. Uh, But I'm only fucked up on sugar because someone made a a great big cake and brought it to work today and I ate like 44 pieces of cake. So I'm sort of sugar rushing right now. And uh, I apologize in advance if my advice totally sucks because I'm rusty and fucked up on sugar. But uh, that's just the way it uh, goes here because sometimes, you know, got to record a podcast whatever condition I'm in. 206-201-2720. Let's get to your motherfucking calls. Hey, Dan. This is Mark. Um, I'm calling because I'm kind of worried about my friend. She is 16 and in high school, and she has a lot of emotional issues, and she's also been really sick lately. She has, like, a bladder infection and vitamin D deficiency and all this crap. And um, also, she was actually on suicide watch, the hospital food for a few days, but now that's all over. But now she's recently started dating a 22-year-old guy, and all of her other friends have stopped talking to her, you know, which is just teenage bullshit, and I really don't care about that. My problem is that this guy, he's 22, and she's 16, so there's a big age difference there, especially for this age. And apparently, all he does is sit around all day in his parents' house, smoking pot and playing video games. Then at night, he just drinks, whether he's with people or on his own. And he's dropped out of college three times. He's entirely unmotivated. And he told her, he got accepted. He dropped out of community college. And he got accepted to a community college in another state. But he told my friend that he loved her. This is like a mom doctor meeting her. That he loved her and that he would stay in town just for her. And everyone knows that's just a bullshit excuse for him to not have to go off to college. So I really want to tell my friend that I don't like this guy and I think it's a bad idea, but I don't want her to think that I'm like all of her other friends who are just, you know, giving her the cold shoulder because they're kind of bitchy and they just want some drama because they're bored. So um, I would really appreciate some feedback. Thanks. Love the show. Bye. Well, I'm just going to run with the assumption that uh, the age of consent where you're at is 16 and above. So I'm just going to assume the 22-year-old isn't breaking any laws. Uh, yeah, it sounds like there are a lot of bullshit issues going on there. Vitamin D deficiency. Hmm, she needs to get out in the sun, and that'll take care of that. So maybe you can have this big confrontational discussion with her about the loser she's dating in the sunshine, and you can kill two birds with one stone. It is uh, none of your business, ultimately, uh, if your friend wants to date losers. Uh, But you have a right and a responsibility, I think, as a friend, to speak your piece and to sometimes tell, you know, we sometimes have to tell our friends what they don't want to hear, and that is uh, 
One of our superpowers as friends, one of our responsibilities as friends, one of the things friends are for. So don't worry about her, you know, leaping to conclusion that you're just a drama-seeking missile or you're just trying to, like, cause trouble or stir it up by telling her what you think of this jackass. Just tell her what you think of this jackass, and it's going to stir things up. There's no way to tell her this shit without her getting pissed at you and upset. But, you know, so the fuck what? If she's going to, you know, be a bladder-infected, vitamin D-deficient, suicide, watchathon, no fun, dating a loser drip, uh, you probably don't want to hang out with her anyway. Uh, and if you put your friendship on the line and she storms off for a while, at least it'll give her cause to think. Maybe she'll come around a bit sooner. And then you can have your off-suicide watch out in the sunshine, no longer vitamin D deficient, uh, hopefully no longer bladder-infected friend back after the confrontation. Hi, Dan. My name is Teresa. I'm a 30-year-old uh, straight female. And I have a interesting little, I don't know, mental dilemma I'm going through right now. Um, I love all your stuff, and I wonder if you have a different take on this than I do. I've recently had the opportunity to kind of fulfill a fantasy where I just have a plain old fuck buddy, um, somebody that I'm not already friends with or didn't used to date, um, you know, somebody who I see regularly as part of my job and my traveling, but, um, you know, we don't really know each other, know each other. Um, I chickened out. <laughs> and I was wondering if that means that fantasy of mine needs to stay a fantasy for a while, or if that might have something to do with a Southern slash Christian upbringing. Just curious. It's not like I want to do anything really freaky deaky with this guy or anything. Um, just want to explore my sexuality and, and, you know, I've always fantasized about this sort of way or this method being a good way of doing that. Um, what do you think? What do I think? I think it's been 6 million years since I've heard someone use the expression freaky deaky in reference to their sex life. Uh, I don't know why you chicken the fuck out. Maybe, you know, sometimes you just got to listen to your gut. And you want a fuck buddy set up. You want to explore your sexuality with someone that you don't have a previous romantic connection to or never plan on having a serious romantic involvement with in the future. And you want that fuck buddy thing. And you still want that fuck buddy thing. But, you know, maybe you're not ready for it, which is why you chickened out. Or maybe some little thing in your gut, something in the back of your head told you that this wasn't the right guy to have the fuck buddy thing with. Just because you want something... And the opportunity presents itself doesn't mean that you failed being, you know, sexually adventurous if you don't seize that opportunity the minute it comes along. Sometimes you just got to listen to your gut. Your gut told you no. You're still open to it potentially in the future. This guy is still around and part of your life, so you still could happen with him if you get to know a little bit more about him and you feel a little more comfortable with him. So stop fucking stressing about it. Just you're still open to the possibility. This possibility presented itself. He wasn't the one for whatever reason. You will find a fuck buddy to get all freaky-deaky with in the freaky-deaky future, I freaky-deaky promise you. Hey, Dan. Uh, it's John here. I left you a message a while ago about unreciprocated blowjobs, and I did my research, and for some reason I think your advice is completely wrong. Um, I'd say 9 out of 10 married men do not get blowjobs, and most guys with girlfriends don't either, so maybe you should do some research. Um, also... Um, you, you love acronyms, I can tell, but sometimes uh, they go over my head. Maybe I'm not uh, creative enough, but uh, what the hell is CBT? Anyway, I'm into O&I, 
and ONU. I have to disagree. A National Center for Health Statistics study showed that shitloads of Americans, high percentages, way more than 50%, engage in uh, oral sex, particularly younger Americans. The younger the American, the more oral sex they're having. A uh, survey conducted by MSNBC and L Magazine, so I'm sure it's solid, rock-solid science, found that only 4 in 10 men and women said they rarely or never give oral sex. So at least 60% of somebody out there is sucking something most of the time. Uh, so I reject your stat that 9 out of 10 married men aren't getting any oral sex and that 9 out of 10 non-married men aren't getting any oral sex. I think people like to complain, particularly married men. There's like this culture of like complaint for married men. I think married men who are getting laid all the time feel obligated when they're hanging out with their friends who are also married men to just, you know, say that they're not getting any, even if they are getting tons, because that's what you're supposed to do. It's like one of the things you're just supposed to bitch about if you're a married man, that you're not getting enough oral sex. I think married men would have to be blown 24 hours a day uh, just before they shut up about not getting any oral sex. So I reject your the premise of your argument. Also, uh, acronyms. Yeah, acronyms are confusing, particularly yours, which I think were invented just to confuse me. And it worked. I have no idea what the fuck you're up to. But CBT stands for cock and ball torture. Uh, torture being sort of a heavy-handed word for, uh, you know, light erotic torment. Uh, although there are some CBT videos out there on the web that uh, don't look any don't look light to me. Um, but it's called CBT, cock and ball torture, of course, until the Bush administration renamed it Enhanced Interrogation Techniques. Uh, Jeff, I actually have two questions. They're both kind of like stupid uh, teenage question type questions. And one is, if you go in and get tested, right, and you and you find out that you have something like chlamydia or something, like how do you actually say the words to a partner that like you got tested and you have something without like scaring them? Because I'm always afraid of that. I guess the stupid answer, I'm sure, is what you'd just say is just tell them, don't be a mini. So I guess that answers my question. But I don't know if you have any advice for how to not be a mini. That'd be really great. So you're always afraid of that? You're always afraid of the moment when you have to tell someone that you just found out that you have an STD? Does that mean you're constantly getting STDs and you're constantly being put in this position? In which case, I would urge you to uh, slow down a little bit, maybe think about your sex life and what you're doing. Uh, or maybe that was just a drunken turn of phrase, a drunken accidental statement. I certainly understand what it's like to be drunk and shoot your mouth off because I'm just fucking fucked up on sugar right now. Uh, you know, when people find out they have an STD or an STI, uh, they're afraid to tell the other person or a person that they're sexually uh, active with for the very obvious reason that they're afraid of being rejected. Oh, you know, I just found out I have chlamydia or I just found out I have HPV. I just found out I have gonorrhea. I just found out I have NGU. Uh, the other person, you know, you assume that they're going to freak out. They're going to be angry. They're going to be afraid. They're going to feel wronged and they're going to reject you. Those are all rational fears. And what you have to do to work through those rational fears to get to the right choice, which is to tell the other person that you have an STI so that they can get tested and treated too. Uh, you just don't want to bluff your way through it because untreated STIs can lead to very serious complications, particularly for women, if your partners are women, including sterility. And you just don't want to be a fucking selfish piece of shit and not say anything because you're afraid you're getting yelled at and letting some poor woman you know, come down with cervical cancer 20 years later or realize she's sterile 10 years later because she didn't know that she got syphilis from you because you're a selfish piece of shit who was afraid of pissing her off by telling her the truth so she could get tested and treated. So what you want to do is, you know, 
as you focus on the fear of, you know, an angry reaction and the fear of immediate rejection is to focus for a moment on the homicidal rage that that person will feel for you if you don't say something and they discover it themselves in six months or a year or 10 years time and they come looking for you with a knife to cut your fucking balls off. You know, kicking that down the road isn't going to save you forever from a moment of consequence, a moment where you're going to get yelled at or that person's going to be mad at you or that person's going to reject you. If that's somebody you're in an intimate, long-term, hopefully, relationship with and you don't tell them you got chlamydia or gonorrhea or NGU or syphilis or HIV or anything else and then they contract it and they find out, what do you think they're going to do? How do you think they're going to react when they realize that you allowed them to become infected to, to uh, all unawares and to not be treated and to not take any steps that could have prevented their infection while you were infectious or if you were infectious forever to take an appropriate step, how mad are they going to be then? So if what you're afraid of is them being mad and screaming and yelling and rejecting you, just focus for a second on how much more furious and how much more serious the consequences are going to be if you don't fucking man up or pussy up and be strong and say something at that moment. Now, I speak from personal experience uh, here because I had NGU, non-gonococcal urethritis, in college. It's the only time I ever got an STD. And I was dating someone who was cheating on his boyfriend with me at the time. So, uh, when I found out I had NGU, it wasn't just like a serious consequence for me and this guy that I was totally in love with and I was dating, but also for this other guy that he was with who didn't know about me. It was just a whole serious fucking, you know, domino theory of gay, sleazy, slutting around crap storm. And I did the right thing and I went and told him and it was ugly and stupid and he was pissed and we didn't talk for a few days. And then the dust settled. He was able, after he got over the fury of, you know, me, all, you know, it wasn't malicious. I had no idea that I had NGU until it was too late. After he got over the anger uh, at the, the, the situation that he found himself in, we were able to be uh, friends again and then boyfriends again and then serious boyfriends for a while when he dropped uh, the guy he had been dating. And then after we parted ways, we were able to be friends for 25 more years because I did the fucking right thing. If I had not said something to him, if I had let him become infected and infect other people, if he had not gone and got the appropriate screening and treatment that he needed at that moment, he would never have forgiven me. And he found out he would have never have, we wouldn't have been friends for the rest of his life. So however angry he was at me in that moment, because I did the fucking right thing and paid a price for it, I'd never been so humiliated or upset or wounded in my life, good came of that. And the relationship survived. That's what you need to do. That's what you need to focus on. Not the like, in the moment fury, you need to focus on the long-term prospects of a friendship or a relationship uh, being salvaged, and also how much more angry that person would be at you if you don't tell them the truth in the moment when they need to hear it, which is right away so they can get tested and treated themselves if they're infected too. Hi, Dan Savage. I love you. Sorry, I'm a little drunk. Anyways, I have a question that I need an answer to, and I'm hoping that you can help me because I'm not sure who else can. I gave women for about seven years and my whole family knew, my grandparents, my aunts, my uncles, my parents, my brother, my sister, everyone loved 
my girlfriend loved her, wanted us to get married, and then we broke up, and I moved out, and then about a year ago, I started dating a boy, and I love him, and I think we might get married. We are moving together to New York City in a couple of months because I'm going to start law school, and I have an aunt that is gay that thinks that I'm a lesbian who also lives in New York City and wants to help me find an apartment as a young lesbian woman, which I am no longer. And I need to break the news to her that I am not. And I don't really know what to do. She was really, really supportive of me and caring and everything. And is it common for women to date women for a really long time and then start dating men? And how should I go about telling her that I'm not a lesbian anymore? Basically, how do I go back into maybe a closet that was never there? So unless your aunt is the kind of lesbian who just sort of randomly trolls the internet looking for lesbians that want to move to New York to help them find apartments because she feels that as a lesbian, it is her duty as a lesbian to help other lesbians as lesbians find apartments in New York as lesbians and for lesbians and by lesbians. Uh, I think it's much, I, I think it's likelier that your aunt was trying to help you out because you're her niece and lesbian or not, you're still her fucking niece. And even if she decides, you know, she's, you know, a nasty lesbian and decides that the only thing she liked about you is the fact that you ate pussy too and she doesn't want to help you find an apartment anymore, you can still fucking find an apartment. And if that's the way she feels, you don't want her in your life anyway. So just fucking open your pussy ass mouth. I mean, your strong mouth and tell her that you're, you're dating a guy now. You don't have to go back in the closet. Uh, it's really distressingly common, which is why it annoys some lesbians very much, for women to date other women for years and then meet that one special guy that they fall in love with. Uh, what they call you, you know, lugs, also bisexuals. And that's all you have to come out to your family as now. You know what? For years I thought I was a lesbian. I thought I'd be with women exclusively. I'm with a guy now. Guess I'm bi. You know, it doesn't erase your history of chomping carpets, right? That you're with this dude. You were a passionate... God, I can't even say it. I can't do it, can't say it. You were a passionate carpet chomper for years. If the right girl came along, if this relationship doesn't work out, perhaps you'll chomp carpet again. Or maybe you're just totally for cock now and you're just like down with cock and you're never going back. And that's fine. You're still by. You just like the pendulum swung. You're with a dude now. Tell your fucking aunt if she's a reasonable person, if she loves you first for being family and second for sharing her passion for pussy, uh, she'll still help you out. If she won't help you out, you can still find your own way. Millions of people move to New York every year without lesbians helping them find apartments, and you can too. Hey, Dan. Calling from Washington, D.C. I had a question about telling off an ex, and uh, I'll try not to be too complicated with it. Um, basically, I saw someone for a couple years, and and after that, for about a year, there was some contact kept up, which basically amounted to whenever she felt jealous, finding a way to get in touch and making herself feel better about her jealousy and any fears that I might be with someone new. And uh, we moved away from each other, and I'm, I'm, I'm back in the area visiting my folks. And uh, she had wanted to get together and then given me a whole runaround and, and basically continually tried to set something up and then flaked out and so on and so forth. I tried really hard to be patient and I tried really hard to be kind and, and allow her to do this to get whatever closure she needs or whatever she's up to. 
And finally, after three Taco Bell burritos, I just started going crazy. And I, I called her up and told her she was being a dumb cunt. And I just, I wanted to check that that's okay. Um, and if not, I want to know why it's not, because it felt pretty good. All right, love the podcast. Take care. Bye. I'd like to know who the person giggling in the background is. I assume that's one of your dumb prick friends. There's nothing wrong with telling off an ex. Sometimes we all need to tell off exes. What you were doing wrong was being kind and patient by taking her phone calls, by seeing her every once in a while, by dragging out this breakup forever so that she could get closure. How very kind of you to continue to see someone who's clearly hung up on you, who clearly has issues, who really needs to just to be the fuck away from you so she can get over it. You know, it's not necessarily the nice thing to do to see someone or chat with someone that you dumped who's not over you yet, who's playing weird head games. Sometimes you just have to cut those people off. If you'd cut her off like you should have, if you weren't getting some perverse, weird pleasure from seeing her every once in a while and pouring salt in her wounds, which is what was going on for you, I believe, then you wouldn't have had this opportunity and she wouldn't have had this opportunity to fuck with you by making dates and blowing you off and dragging it out. And you guys are just fucking with each other. And then you wouldn't have... It wouldn't have come to you calling her a dumb cunt if you had been doing the right thing all along, which was not having anything to do with her because you guys weren't seeing each other anymore and because it wasn't healthy for her because she wasn't over you and she was being manipulative and weird and jealous and you were being subtly kung fu sadistic by pour, getting together to pour salt in her wound so she could process it because you just want her to heal right. You just fucking want her to heal. You just want to see her every once in a while so that you can see that she's still hung up on you. And then you can be there then doubly cruel by calling her a dumb cunt. You know, it's kind of never okay to call someone a dumb cunt. And I think you know that, hence the giggling in the background about you having said that. So you know what? If you want to stop being a dumb cunt yourself, stop seeing this woman and stop dressing up your desire to see this woman as somehow, you know, this selfless act of altruism where you're helping her get over you by years after the breakup, getting together with her. So that she can do what? So that she can tell you she's still in love with you by acting all jealous and stoke your ego by making it clear that wherever you're at, whoever you're seeing, it still upsets her. Stop rubbing her nose in it. You, my friend, she may very well be a dumb cunt for all I know. You, I know for sure, are a giant asshole. All right, I guess I'm going to take the kid gloves off now and go home. You know, try to be gentle with all you people calling me so that you keep calling because if that's your calls, we can't do Savage Love Live, which is what we're going to call the fucking podcast now because I'm sick of calling it the Savage Love Podcast. We don't call it the Savage Love Newspaper Column. We don't call it, you know, the, the, the Savage Love Print Edition. We just call it Savage Love uh, in print. We just call it Savage Love. So we're just going to call this Savage Love Live now because it feels so sort of pedantic to call it the podcast anyway the number here if you want to leave a question for a jacked up on sugar asshole like me to maybe call you an asshole or a dumb kind of about the number here 206-201-2720 we come at you with a savage love live once a week here and you can download it at www.thestranger.com slash savage every tuesday be talking to you next week have a good one